out there listening, you know, we hit a milestone. We're on episode 10 of the Come On Dude podcast. It's been a lot of fun. We've got a special guest for you here today. But first, Booby and Zach, how are we doing? Doing good. I'm sick, but... Doing good today. Feeling good today. You know, fellas, I mean, episode 10, you know, it's small, it's short, but um, I read a stat that, like, um, it's like 80% of podcasts don't even make it past like five episodes. So this is kind of cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome to hear. I mean, we're going to keep it going. Sorry if I don't uh, say a lot today, but you know, I'm obviously under the weather again, which is crazy twice in a week, but you know, my white blood cells are going through it and we're going to fight through it, but my apologies if I don't say a lot. Yeah. I got to get you back to full strength booby. Um, Looking forward to this week. Uh, I got the piss puppies, so uh, gonna be a lot of gonna be a lot going on. Yeah, awesome. So to start us off here today, I had a question for you. How old is American football? Hundred years, hundred twenty-five. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say probably like. Wait, no. It's like a hundred years on the dot. So according to the internet, it said it was a hundred and thirty-six years old. It's fairly new. Oh my bad. I guess I was thinking NFL, not just football in general. Yeah, just the Americanized version of football. So I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, we are gonna do our normal order of operations today a little bit differently. We're gonna introduce our guest first here. Um this guest has had a up and down season, a roller coaster of a fantasy career. And we're going to start to get into some more or other sports topics here. And he's a big fan of the sport topic we're going to be talking about today. So I'd like to formally introduce the Trapped Finches, a.k.a. Jake Lang. Welcome to the podcast. One time league champ. Yes, indeed. Thank you. It's actually just the Finches in uh in the league here. Uh, trapped Finches. uh just reserved for Xbox and mainly 2K days. So, but yeah, no, it's a pleasure. Like you said, um, grateful to be part of the 10th episode here. It's been up and down, but, uh, you know, in the moment on October 27th, 750, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty down. The roller coaster is fucking plummeting down the earth. And it's a snow, just an avalanche, but you know, we're going to plug away in battle. But I'm here. Leg, thanks for joining. I can't hold this. <laughs> Zach was in the call. Left and joined in like 15 seconds and I couldn't help but laugh. I was so confused. Yeah, I was confused as well. Good to good to see you, man. So, but Lang, we got a few questions here for for you first to start us off. Um, I've been a bit a big advocate for changing the draft order, and I feel like no better person to ask than this because what was it like getting the last pick? What was it three years in a row, or it might have been only two? Um, I believe it actually might have been two, actually. But, yeah, I mean, as far as the draft order, it's just a tough one to figure out because I know in the past, I mean, when I was in the league, um, you guys had that system, you know, like where you finish is where you draft. But obviously with tanking and all that stuff, it's kind of, it's kind of tough. But, yeah, you know, getting the last pick two years in a row, you know, just doesn't leave much for wiggle, wiggle room. I don't know who had it this year. I think it was Verts, maybe. It was just tough, bottom line. And, you know, I don't know how we would resolve that, but 
whether it's, I mean, I like, it's so tough. Obviously getting the last pick, you know, that just, I feel like the percentage of that happening again would be pretty un, unlikely, but getting the 10th this year kind of sucked, but I don't know. It makes for a kind of a fun draft day kind of thing. So I'm in for sticking with it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's the league consensus, which is totally fine. Um, you're a recent champ. You're two years removed from your championship where you defeated me with Alvin Kamara. Um, how did it basically feel to go from worst to first? I mean, it's just basically, it honestly felt there was a lot more pressure, honestly, playing like in the garbage bowl than playing the championship. So honestly, it was just being calm, you know, being collected, um, you know, a little bit of luck, obviously, you know, doesn't hurt, but you know, we got there, but honestly being just being the, I mean, garbage of the league, literally the definition of it for a couple of years and then rising the cream of the top and being in that champions group, that's a hell of a feeling. And, Looking to continue that, you know, but how of a feeling. Yeah, perfect. Now, this next question, it was created a few days ago. Um, so the answer is definitely skewed since the last six hours, and we'll explain why. But how do you – or what are your thoughts on your fantasy team, and how is it going this year? Yeah, you know, it's just the definition of, definition of fantasy at this point. I mean, thoughts honestly went pretty well. Um up until this point, you know, as much as I can really do. Um, you know, draft day took uh, Amon Ra, you know, that worked out well. I ended up turning in uh, Jamar for two games, which is pretty cool to watch. And, uh, you know, unfortunately did not work out. But, you know, started off well. I can't complain. Been pretty lucky. Um, I know I'm pretty sure, let me check. Yeah, last here in points allowed, so defense is holding up. <laughs> but, you know, I'm damn near at 1,000 points, you know, leading the league. So, can't complain as well there. But, you know, at the moment, we're just going to just gonna plug away, I guess. Career, I'm here, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. And the last one before we kind of roll into our normal breakdown of things. If you could add one player to your team right now this year without having to get rid of anybody, um, considering your team's makeup, who would you choose? First, I would instantly insert Brees Hall, like Brees Hall's ACL right back into his knee, put him <laughs> right back on my team. That one hurt, but it's a good question. It's a good question. I honestly don't know. Yeah, considering lead? your team, so Lang had a very good team. Um, what was it like? Not even six days ago, Brees Hall goes down with an ACL. And then now Jamar Chase is out four to six weeks after making a big trade. So this is even before Jamar Chase was hurt. You kind of had that open spot. So I was just feeling like, who would you rather have, you know, if you could just insert someone into that lineup? So I, interesting question. Probably either like a Eckler or like a Barkley, maybe, you know, a special okay. RB. But, you know, would probably have to give up something pretty big to get those. So, but, you know. Yeah, so Booby and Zach, do you have any questions here for Lang before we move on? Uh, Lang, how are we feeling after your trade with Jones? Looking back on it, um, still, you know, I would you know do the deal ten out of ten times in the moment. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you know, in the moment, I think the trade worked out. I mean, that was my main talking point that things are going to work out well for the both of us, and I think that's clear to see. Obviously. 
the two weeks I had my team back to back 170 point weeks and Liam now is looking at, you know, a league championship, honestly, one of the healthier teams in the league, one of the sturdier teams in the league and uh, still would have done the deal 10 out of 10 times. And now just pain, just pain. Jones will but, probably find a way to mess it up. I'll probably forget to start a running back in the playoffs or something. Probably. He's doing all this without a six-round draft pick. Yeah, very true. Very true. Pretty crazy. But Pretty we're going to roll into our normal breakdown of things we've got um, in sports today. A little baseball. The World Series is set. You've got your Phillies versus Astros. Um, interesting fact was the Phillies weren't even supposed to be in. The Brewers were. But they ended up winning a few more games there at the end of the season. They were kind of like that Cinderella team that's now made it all the way to the big dance. Shit, if a closer for a Cardinals could have thrown strikes, they shouldn't have even made it out of the first round. Good for <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, you got, Good a, you for got them, a point man. there. They can hit the ball. So, I know we're not big baseball guys, but who would you rather see win the World Series, Astros or Phillies? Phillies. Yeah, man, that's a tough one. Right. Why, would you, why would you want to see the Astros win? It's kind of a non-cheating Astros, though. Is it different? Or is that it's just still much? the Astros? They just have won a it's lot. Is the stain too much? I, I wouldn't say it's anything there. to do with the stain. It's more just they are constantly getting there, it seems now. Facts. I'm with Ruby on this. I'd rather see the Phillies win just because the Astros are just annoying. I'd I'd rather see the Phillies win just because the city of Philadelphia is electric. Like, I love it whenever they do well and their sports fans just tear apart the city. Yeah, did yeah, you see – did you see – sorry to cut you off. Did you see that uh, a porn site's donating 50-gallon drums of lube to the city of Philadelphia <laughs> so they can lube up, lube the, up the poles pole. in the city? <laughs> that's, that's awesome. You're kidding. No, no joke. That's incredible. You actually see a massive Bryce Harper home run just, just igniting the city and, like you said, just people everywhere. Um, Philly's, Philly's grown on me, man. That's a good sports town, bottom line. Their fans might be douchebags, but they they know how to fucking cheer on a sports team. That's for sure. They're passionate. Yeah. Oh, other stuff in sports today. Christian McCaffrey got traded to the 49ers since our last podcast. And, Booby, you have Christian McCaffrey. What did you think of the move when they made it? I don't think there's a better fit for him to go anywhere else when they made the trade. His own running scheme, good offensive line, great play caller. You don't trade four draft picks not to use the guy. Could potentially be the best running back from here on out. Zach? I talked to Scherf this last weekend about it, and I think CMC is the most valuable player in fantasy right now while he's healthy. Um, the 49ers and the Rams both have a history of running their running backs into the ground to the point where the 49ers started throwing their receiver at running back. Um I would have loved to have seen him go to the Bills just because I think that would have been a better fit due to the pass-catching aspect of his game and how the Bills just throw the ball. So I, I would have loved to see that. But if I was Booby, I'd be very happy about it. If they had, like, QB1, RB1, wide receiver one, that would just be <laughs> – That'd be nuts. I don't even know. Then you'd have to like the Bills, right, Booby? <laughs> I just uh, I it's not that I like hate him, hate him, but I just don't want to see them win. That's all. I, I wanted you. to throw this in here too. Uh, Kamara, um, you see his Twitter posts of his like Michael Jackson eating popcorn in the movie theater. Like he just randomly tweeted that out. And, like the Saints are like fifty four mil over the cap. Like he honestly might get traded before Tuesday. 
And like Philly. every Eagles fan wants him. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Have to. Have to. Could be interesting. That would not be okay. <laughs> Booby Sanders suck going down if that's the case. Don't want to see that for my guy. <laughs> well, he but would go to the Saints. James Robinson ends up getting traded to the Jets. And Zach, I've given you some slander about him a little bit, but I guess your wish came true. He's gonna be a starting back. Yeah, um, I was pretty nervous seeing ETN get better every week, but now that I see Bruce Hall go down and for some reason the Jets are good, I mean, I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah, I'm assuming that James Robinson's going to get 75% of the carries by the end of the season. Once you get into the later weeks of the year, he's definitely going to be uh he's definitely going to be their main running back. He's going to get the the carries on the ground. But, I mean, I expect Michael Carter still to be involved on passing situations and whatnot. I would say it's gross, but for some reason, yeah, those New York Jet backfields get gross gross yards, a lot of receptions, a lot of targets, but needed. Booby, your boy, Kadarius Tooney, gets traded to the Chiefs. To... <laughs> Tooney? Tooney. Tony. It's Tony. Tony. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. That was funny. <laughs> Kadarius Tooney. Yeah, it's all good, but he gets traded. He's on the Chiefs now. Zach actually picked him up. So I think it's interesting because they traded a third and a sixth round pick for him. And Amari Cooper was worth a fifth round pick, which is bizarre to me, but I get it contracts and stuff like that. But I mean, Kadaris has been hurt and they're willing to give up a third and a six. Like they're clearly going to use him. Only problem is they spread the ball out so much. I think it's one of those things where you can't really be mad about it, especially after picking up fantasy because his quarterback situation and offense just got significantly better. So even like the potential is just better where he's at. I'd say he's on a team with Patrick Mahomes. Like that's the only value you need. Yeah, I think it kind of just lowers the ceiling of all the receivers there, though, which kind of hurts for Juju because Juju's kind came alive big time the last couple of weeks. And I mean, McCall Hardman after scoring three touchdowns last week, right? I think he had three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know what to make of it. And Tony hasn't been able to prove that he stays healthy and he keeps having these soft issues at injuries, which like if it was like freak injuries, it would it make sense. But like when you're having continuous soft tissue injuries in your leg, like clearly that's your body, not your not just like happens like I don't I don't know how to put it. Like, I just feel like he's a very injury-prone player. Yeah, 100%. Now, NBA has been over a week into its season. It's been super fun and entertaining to watch and see the games unfold, how players are doing, things like that. And, you know, everybody or most of the analysts had the Bucks at the number one, if not the number two spot in power rankings in the NBA. And they're currently 3-0. and And the only thing I have to say about that is just Giannis. Yeah, there's no words to really be said anymore at this point. He's pretty good. Last night. Pretty great. 44 and 15. I mean, it's it's every night. Against the Stars, not against the Stars. No Chris, no Joe, no Pat. No issue. Just can't wait for uh for June. Just can't wait for June. I thought it was really funny watching Ben Simmons guard Giannis. That she was nice to see a uh, nice little baby again. Uh, nice little Giannis baby to Simmons again. 
Here, I think he, he, he might have something against him, man. He's always been an asshole to him. I, I was love say, it. Dude, he always but... said it to his face a couple years ago, and this time gave him the signal. Like, it has to be something, but I love it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're cooking right now. Giannis is trying to go for MVP. Probably won't get it because it's getting too repetitive. It's going to be but like you know what he's going to. Yeah, you know what he's going to bring you though every single night. Yeah, it's just every so like such a good feeling to have a guy like that on your team. Like Booby, you said it earlier today. Like you couldn't imagine him playing for another team. I could imagine our team. Like if the Bucks have to play him ever. Like if he if he's ever on the other team. Like how do you even. That would suck. Like it would just uh, just suck. I would say I felt a couple times like that, like playing LeBron maybe once or twice, or like KD in that Brooklyn series. Oh. But I mean, it's every it's every single night with Giannis. It's like a different like physicality, and it's just it's just different, man. Yeah, just... thir- averaging 36, 13, and five through three games. I know it's small sample size, but that's pretty ridiculous. And two blocks should add that too. Sixty-seven yeah. percent shooting. I thought it was cool. Words. Trailblazers, Jazz, Booby, you called the Trailblazers, but the Jazz, they're both 4-1 in the top of the West. I mean, what do you even say about the Jazz? Yeah, I was going to say, I have no idea about the Jazz. I mean, Danny Ainge is probably pissed that uh, the Wembanyama sweepstakes are just slipping through his hands right now. I have, uh, I have league pass, so I've been able to watch two of their games so far. Um, basically they're a team that is comprised of guys that are all trying to earn spots in the league. Well, I mean, I'd say most of their players have spots in the league, but they're trying to prove that they're worth a contract, that kind of thing. They have something to play for still like the players themselves, which it's hard to tank when you have that kind of situation going on, but that's a team that it doesn't matter. They are all out hustling down 20, down 30, up 20, up 10. They nonstop are just, all gas, no brakes, all the time. They do all the like small things. Like that's the reason they've won so far is because they just literally they want it more. Like that's the best way to put it. Oh yeah, dude. Just because of this, like Olenek and Marketing are going to go to Charlotte on four years, seventy-five mil. Clarkson's going to get three years for fucking seventy mil somewhere. Count Sexton off the bench. Walker Kessler's been good. Jared Vanderbilt's a solid NBA player. They just have like a lot of guys that are like proven to be NBA players, but because they don't have the star power, obviously everyone's like this team isn't anything. And like they won't be. Like they're not good. They're not a contender. Yeah, they probably won't big. even make the playoffs at the end of the year. I mean, I could be really wrong saying that right now. It's my assessment, but they do have a bunch of guys that are you know they just give it. They just give it their all every night, and that means something. Yeah, it's a really good way to look at it, actually. I didn't really think of it that way, but the fact you've been able to watch some of their games. Um, but the Trailblazers, real quick, like Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons, like he's him. They always, yeah, dude, he can – that here he had in the third quarter the other night. I was watching. Not many, yeah, not many people can do that. Just still up like that, dude, 20, what, 24, 26 in that quarter? But – yeah, they're good, dude. Shane Sharp eventually will be good. Jeremy Grant's over there. Yusuf Nurkic. I think Dame's out the next week or two. The calf thing, but yeah, that sucked. Anfrey's gonna just hold him down. No, I didn't watch the game when he went off in the third quarter, but I watched the game when they played the Suns and like Anthony Simons. Like 
Did he show any emotion when he went off? Not really. No, yeah. Like that's it was more like games. That's the thing but, I noticed. Like he just would like not make any emotion. Like he had like the game winning shot and he was just like dead faced, like like a Kawhi Leonard almost. And I was like, no way this guy's just not gonna show any emotion too, right? Like it's just kind of weird to see. Look, I hate to butt in here, and this is going to be really off topic because I have the Ravens game on next to me. Is Deshaun Jackson an assistant coach? Or is he on the Ravens? He's on the Ravens. I think. I think he's a practice squad player, and it's just one of those things where once a receiver goes down, he comes in. He probably pulled That's... his hand practice hard. Either. Oh, no, he's out there running routes pregame. <laughs> I, okay, move on, move on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Move on. We got some pretty impressive rookies thus far. And my pick for rookie of the year was Paolo Banchero, Banchero, whatever you say. Um, but who to you three has been the most impressive rookie thus far? Mathurin to me, or Matherin, how you ever want to pronounce it. Benedict yeah. Yeah. Matherin. Yeah. Paolo's the obviously consensus consensus answer there, but I mean dude, Matherin's been really freaking good. 17 points a game, or no, like 15 points a game, five rebounds, two assists, 45% from the field, can defend the hell of the ball, shoots well. I'll give you, uh, I'll raise you Jaden Ivey. He's been really good so far as well. Yep, that was my next one. Dabble? He's been good. I haven't watched much basketball, but I have seen Paolo play, and Magic are interesting. They're really long. Got a lot of young guys. I mean, it would be cool if Jalen Suggs was good, but he's not. So he's hurt. They just need another guy. I think he'll get there. Jabari Smith's been pretty good. He's had a he's had a couple of shots that I've been like, whoa. But he's a I mean, prototypical dude. He's gonna be a double double guy eventually. Good shooter. He's gonna be good. I mean, it's it's probably not that hot of a take to say now, but I mean, it, it still is because you can't predict these things, but Bonchero watching him because I've watched a magic. I've watched every magic game. I know that sounds weird. I'm not like fully locked into every magic game. I don't want to say that, but like I flip on their games and I'll watch Bonchero. He is going to be a first team all NBA player at some point. Easily. He was like one of those guys like Tatum where like you knew right when you dropped in the league, he was going to be 20 plus a game. He's, like, that's just how talented they are. And at that size. Yeah. His size is crazy he's built like a truck and he can shoot it he's a really good passer he can rebound he does everything i think the biggest question mark is him getting like better at defense like being like considered a good defender i don't think he's a bad defender but he needs to be considered like a really good defender to be like all right this guy's an mvp candidate did you see what he said about his time at duke no they Mm -hmm. said that like and when he was at Duke, that you get treated like a zoo animal. And what he meant by that was like he'd be sitting there and people would just be like taking pictures of him all the time. Like, and he said it got to the point where like students in his dorm would bring their families to like come see him. So, like, it's like a hey, come see, look at this person that's over here. Like, not that like treating him like an actual person. So, I thought that was very interesting. I bet you that happens a lot more than people say being that good at a sport and almost like a celebrity before you're a celebrity. Oh, a thousand percent, dude. I bet you that, like, Hendon Hooker, quarterback for Tennessee, I bet you his life changed instantly when he beat Alabama. Probably can't go anywhere. Yeah, like there's it. pros and cons. Talking about Hendon, him, Hooker. 
Yeah, we were. But moving on, who has been the most surprising team thus far or who's been the most disappointing team thus far? Disappointing? I would definitely say Philly or Brooklyn right off the bat. Philly. Yeah, Philly's been really bad. They're, what, 1-4, I think? 1-3, yeah. Even Brooklyn, I watched Pitch and Pieces last night. Like, they just – again, like, they obviously have KD and Kyrie out there, but – I mean, I think they'll figure it out eventually, but Ben just looks lost, man. He's out there tackling dudes. He's just – they look off. But, yeah, I feel like it looks bad. All he does is fall out, dude. Yeah, literally, dude. I mean, he's out there, like, hip-checking dudes. You think he's doing it on purpose because he doesn't want to play? Like, I'm just going to fall out. I think it's just letting out, like, just pumped up, like, aggression maybe or, like, frustration. Just get it out in five games maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it's dude. been really weird itself. Most surprising team, Zabo? Um, I would say the Lakers, but I don't think they have good players on their team besides LeBron. I, I don't know who else they really have to work with. Um, I mean, it's kind of early, so I can't really, like, go too much. But, I, I mean, I guess, like, I expected the Mavericks to be a lot more flashy. Yeah, it's a fair take. Speaking of the Lakers, um, and we talked about the Nets a little bit, who's been more of a disappointment to their team? And this is between Russell Westbrook for the Lakers or Ben Simmons for the Nets. I mean, that's a good question. <laughs> Both detrimental, do that. Simmons. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, with Ben, like, they needed a guy. I mean, I guess he's still defending. At least he gives you that part of the game, you know? At least he's out there defending. Like, he's playing hard 50% of the time compared to Russ, where it's, like, 50 on the office, offense end, but it's bad. At least, like, when Ben plays hard, it's good on the defensive end, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, offensively, like, they don't look good, like, in transition. They don't look good in the half court whatsoever. But, I mean, yeah, Westbrook, I mean. Zabo? Yeah, just yeah. I mean, they're both dog shit players. I, I don't know. <laughs> wow. I don't know even about your boy. Out. Just flat out. I don't know where you want to go with this. Like Westbrook has always been an attack the guy and kick out to a shooter, but like the Lakers don't have shooters. I think they're the worst three point shooting team in NBA history. Starting out. Oh yeah. I think it's like twenty percent. It's like. <sighs> Lakers just make me so mad because it's like, what the fuck is Polinka doing, dude? I've been, I literally, like, I shouldn't look like a GM when I'm predicting what they're going to do, and everybody's saying it, too. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew they didn't have shooting. Everybody yeah, knew like- when they brought in Westbrook last year it was a bad idea. All their moves make no sense. Your Can biggest we- acquisition this offseason was Patrick Beverly and Lonnie Walker. I like Lonnie Walker personally. I'm not gonna lie. I do. Oh, he I do good. like him he as a player. Good. He's had some good games for them already, but like, that's not gonna get you to where you want to be with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the floor. No, and like they signed a rookie from Syracuse named Cole Swider. He's supposed to be a shooter, and he is. But like, if you're relying on a rookie from Syracuse University to like be a guy and like a championship team, like I don't know what you're doing, dude. They got DoorDash driver out there right now as a shooter, Matt Ryan. <laughs> they are I don't even know man it's it's pretty abysmal yeah everyone saw it coming so 
That's what yeah. I, mean. I just wanted to point out one thing too from watching these NBA games. Like, shout out all the Wisconsin like people and boys repping in the NBA. We've got Hero at 19 or 20 a game. Halliburton's going nutty at 23 and 10 a game. Pools awesome. at 15, but even like some other guys that maybe aren't as big of names, like Sam is getting minutes. Yeah. He's still playing hard. And then Jalen Johnson is only averaging four points, but he's getting more minutes a game now, which I thought was really cool to see him playing. So shout out all those Wisconsin guys. Yeah, dude. Uh, produce some talent. They're all like – that class was pretty good because uh, – or no, yeah, Halbert and Hero were the same class, right? And then Poole right below them. Draft class, yes. No, in general. Yeah, high yeah, in general, high school too. I think Halliburton's a year older, isn't he? He was a two years. No, older I think you're right. I think you're right. Halliburton was not a one and done. No, no, he wasn't. But how? I'm talking about high school, like classes. Like Halliburton here were the same. Yeah. You have to fact check us on that. I'm no, I think sure. Lang's I played, right. No, I, I think Lang's both right. Of them. I played both of them my junior year in high school. They were both freshmen. Yeah, no, Halliburton definitely. Hero definitely went in nineteen. Yeah, a thousand percent. Lang's right. Yeah. Uh, really quick for the boys. Um, shout out to the Wisconsin girls volleyball team. But seriously, um, wow. Out of out of these players, which are fans, bro. Out and out. We gotta go to a game. Um, All of us as a podcast. Out Book of, a football game day, dude. That team sucks. <laughs> out of uh, all these, the all stars of the campus. That, I'm sorry, Zach. I'm sorry. There just needed to be jokes cracked. You continue. Out of all these basketball guys, like their abilities and like their career, like who would you rather be if you could be one? I'd low key say Looney. Just being on the Warriors and going through that experience probably was unreal. Oh, 100%. Like situation, 100%. But like talent wise, <laughs> cool, easily. Kidding me, dude? That'd be so fun to have a handle like that. Yeah, it's so. No, I'm just saying, like going through that their career, like Pool got to go through it too, but Looney's been there longer going through it. I can only imagine. Oh yeah, no, had hell of an NBA career already. Yeah, normally the next thing we have is our our Doge report, but apparently he has gone zero dark thirty mode. What the hell does that mean? First of all, because well, I know what it means, but. Why? Like your doze, you have a responsibility. Like what's going on here, movie? Um I'm just going dark the rest of the year. What does that that's exactly it? mean? Yeah, what, uh, that's it. Just not gonna hear a lot from me. Okay. As far as like reaching out to people or like, you know, on that end or just even listening. I have an obligation to do this podcast and, you know, I'm going to get my thoughts on here, but they're not probably going to be as deep and I'm not trying to give anybody advice or I don't want to be talking to the, to the league. I've, I've got aspirations here and I'm just going to approach it in a different way. That's got to be the dumbest. Are you depressed, depressed Booby? I'm confused. Yeah, no, I'm just confused. I don't really have any answers to any of your questions. Look, man, and we're going to get into this, but, like, you just went out, but we're going to do the Zero Dark 30 report. Um, Over the past few days, we had some pretty big trades come through. Um, Jordan 
receives Devontae Adams and Najee Harris, and Burks receives Nick Chubb and Booby Sanders. And this was kind of a big kaboom right away in the league. I know multiple people were in contact with Jordan, including myself, but he ends up making a deal here with Verts. Zach, what do you think? You know, I think it was good for both teams. Um, I gave that right after it dropped. Uh, Krieger needed a receiver. Verts just needs help. And, uh, you got two good backs from Krieger, and Krieger had a plethora, so it's good to see Jordan. Maybe he listened to the podcast and took it to heart, finally coming to his senses. I need a receiver. So look for Berg to be the next guy to get a big-name receiver. Um, yeah, I like I like the trade. No, I like the trade as well. Like I said, I think Jordan fills the need there. Berg see what in. happens. He was, I mean, Nick one Jones really good running back there. Yeah, one really good running back. Football player. So I'm all over that trade for Verts. Like, good job. Um, but we brought up a point during this week as we get into our um, week seven breakdown. But like, over half the league's projections, about halfway through the late slot of games, just looked absolutely horrible. So I thought it was funny that you said that. I mean, I was one of those teams. You ended up being one of those teams this week with like, just the amount of inconsistency this week from team to team, you either scored a lot of points or a little, there was really nowhere kind of in the middle. Yeah, no, it was really, really up or down. That's for sure. Just to buy weeks. Yeah. I was thinking that, that, that time of year. With this quote, zero dark 30 bullshit that you're talking about here, booby, you did inquire somebody and you made a huge trade actually right before the podcast. And we yeah, did. Fuck you. <laughs> he gets Michael Carter and Travis Kelsey for TJ Hawkinson, Leonard Fournette, and Thielen. And that happened, like, right now, like, less than 25 minutes ago. Or was it right before kickoff, probably? Right before kickoff? Yeah, it resulted in me starting Bateman, and he's out for the game, I think. Yeah. So, so was Andrews. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> Here's something I want to say about your – Zero dark 30 here, Booby. I have from a unanimous source a quote from Booby Scherf that says, Anonymous. I'm just going to shut up and play. I'm not going to trade with anyone. and I don't want to talk fantasy with anyone. This happened on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It was two days before you started reaching out to people, tickling their pickle and making the deal. I'll say this. Um, I did not reach out to Nick today. He reached back out to meet me and Nick. Nick has been an excellent uh, manager this year. It hasn't shown on the field. His draft did not go the way that he planned. But in terms of communication and talks, he's been very respectful. No conversations have been dry. And we've been discussing a Kelsey trade the last five weeks. So he reached back out before kickoff, about an hour before kickoff. And he's like, look, man, I'm in to do this trade. We just need to get to the bottom of how we're going to get it done and let's do it. And the reason that this podcast started a little late tonight is that I honored that and we didn't have a lot of time before the game started. And we finally came to a conclusion of what we wanted to do. And um, yeah, I'm excited and I'm going to see how it plays out. So does this whole zero dark 30 thing just essentially mean you're not going to be participating in the banter because you feel like you have a good enough team to win it all. So you're going to stay focused. I don't have an answer for that. Let it ride, huh? 
All right. Well, Fair. you're not going to do it. Then somebody's got to do it because I was going to report it to you, but you're not in. There's actually been a huge trade that has actually been agreed upon that wasn't broadcasted to the league, accepted or sent in the league chat until now because we wanted to break it on the podcast. It's between me and Lang, and I was in a huge win-now situation, and Boobies trade with Nick fucked that up. But the trade is I am giving Lang Austin Eckler and Allen Robinson, and he is sending back my way Stefan Diggs and Drake London. And this was agreed upon Tuesday night. So this whole ordeal with Jamar Chase that just went down is kind of ironic, but that trade was accepted on and will be pushed through. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Lang, what were your thoughts on the trade when we were talking about it? I literally had no other running back on my uh, roster. And, you know, I was in discussions with a couple other people, um, including Booby. And, you know, I know giving up digs hurt, you know, possible receiver one. But I thought I had another possible receiver one in Chase at the moment. Obviously, with Hall going down, I kind of had my hands tied there. So I figured, you know, if I give a wide receiver one, might as well get RB one back. So, had not. Yeah. And Drake I, uh, London just doesn't run routes. The so. last uh, the last insight I'll give on this pod till the season's over from inside the league. Um, me Lang, basically, I'm not going to say it was, but me Lang, we're basically at a gentleman's agreement on Monday. And then you came in. Well, no, we were in discussion that day, too. It was just it just got flooded in after the news came, and I told both of you that I'm like, we gotta calm down. It's Monday. Like well, when I was on basketball stuff, I couldn't get back to him and respond when I wanted you, to. No, I I totally I totally so, understand Lang's side, and you know he broke it to me respectfully, and I mean I get it. Yeah, I mean I wasn't happy, but at the end of the day, it's like I don't blame him when you are getting the best player in fantasy for some reason. Zabla, your thoughts? I mean, you needed a receiver and you got one. So you got your guy. And you get, a, you get the pair of Josh Allen. So I can't imagine you're too upset right now. I mean, I, I can't remember who had – didn't you have that last year? Diggs and Allen? I took him from Joel, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it worked out pretty good for you until you saw me in the playoffs. So, you know, maybe it turned your season around. So the reason – I accepted this trade was because I'm sitting at two and five and my league or my division is really going to be hard to climb up the ladder because everyone's pretty good. So I needed to win now, especially playing Nick, who's one and six. I have a game up on him right now for quote garbage bowl if I record wise. So I felt like this was a must win after losing to Reed last week and I needed to win this week to kind of build that two week gap, if you will, between the last person and myself. I know it's two people, but. That was my thought process. And Austin Eckler's out this week. And I tried to get some other guys for him. I didn't feel comfortable trading for really any other receivers because no one would really take them. I know that. Probably going to say that we're after they hear this. But that's where I came in from because then I saw that Stephon Diggs and the Bills have a really favorable schedule the rest of the year. And that's why I decided to agree upon the trade. Who are yeah, your running backs? Ruined you don't want to know my other running backs starting this week, but – this week's going to be bad. I mean, I have Clyde. Well, like, who's your RB1? Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It's tough out here. 
It's going <laughs> off out here. I needed a win now. I like Stefan Diggs. I think those two can light it up. My season's kind of been shot, and I, you know, I needed a win now. That's all I was thinking about in the moment. I, I'm screaming. I'm clawing. I'm shooting. I'm just, I don't even know. I was confident enough to ride it out if I was, like, thinking Chase was going to be healthy and just have the Burrow-Chase combo, him being my receiver one, pitching, you know, pick-ins, Iuke, whatever, and, you know, have RB1 with Damian Pierce and be fine. But now uh can pick and show, I guess, for the receivers. Pickens go. looks was... good. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Pickens looks good. Yeah, now he's a receiver too in fantasy football, though. <laughs> so I'm interested. Oh, I like see... him, though. Him and Pickett do look good together, though. They I'm interested good. to see how the league reacts to this. I know we'll probably get some pushback. Um, Probably going to be one, thought... one more thing. Thought... Yeah. You guys kind of, we kind of just glossed over my trade. You kind of just, we're still asking me about why I'm approaching the rest of the season the way I am, but I am curious of your guys' thoughts since we are a podcast. Yeah. Nope. I mean, I'm going to go zero dark 30 to answer this question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, we had mentioned oh, before. I mean, me. like, I mean, no, like you said, I mean, you wanted a, a receiver one, and obviously Kelsey's not that, but he is, you know, and just to plug that in your tight end spot every week and not worry about it is insane. And have the potential and the ceiling to put up receiver one like numbers. Like You're the- you got to think about it in the light of. I'm starting Kelsey my tight end slot, yes, but if you were to reverse the thought process, having him in at tight end saves me from basically starting tight or like Hawkinson as a receiver. You know what I mean? Like I'm able to start my deep receiving core actually in my wide receiver slot or in my flex slot rather than having Hawkinson who I'm praying scores 10 praying. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, I think it was essentially pretty fair. Um, It just fucked me this week. That's why I don't like it because. Yeah. Kelsey's on by, I'm basically punting this week, but yeah, like as it looks with this game at halftime, like, I mean, Payments done for the day. Kate Otten's as zero. I mean, I, I basically punted this week, but I'm five and two. At least I have the ability to do so. And I think that'll look on my ears still. Exactly. And the fact that you're five and two is kind of the reason you're able to make that trade is because you don't need immediate wins. You got a little bit of a cushion in terms of making the playoffs. And then you're going to like go from there. Whereas like Nick might've been in the same boat. He's like, I can't have Kelsey out. Like I need to be Mitch to bring him like, get on the same level with him. So that way going into next week, we're both at must wins again. So I don't and know. A, a one more thing, then we can move on to the recap. Another reason that I was very, uh, like I was in to do this trade today. Like I was basically dead set on, it. I wasn't going to make a move because I was, I was just annoyed and sick of trying to get a trade done. And I couldn't all year, but seeing chase go down and like the amount that Lang's hurting because like, I mean, Verts is making moves out here, too, and Verts is still a good team, but, like, Lang was really scaring me in our division, and now to see him hurting, I felt like I could sacrifice a week and still push for the buy spot out of our division, even making this trade and not 
doing well this week if that's the case. So we'll see what happens, obviously. Zach, any last words? I mean, no. I mean, I get, I get where everyone's coming from. I just wish Dylan wouldn't go zero dart 30. I don't really know what that means, but I, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, especially considering, you know, he was a big part of his doge part, and he's like, nah, I'm out. Like, that doesn't really make any sense, man. So let's get into our week seven breakdown, though. Um, Our game of the week. Our game of the week was Lang and Booby was anticipated to be a huge matchup. But in the end, the Finches end up winning 174 to 93 in a blowout win. Lang's second blowout week in a row. How we feel, boys? I would let you talk about your game. Too mean how I feel. Put it in the rear, put it in the rear view mirror. Yeah. Put mine in the rear view mirror. Same thing. I don't I mean yeah, I don't know, Krieger. You're fucking lucky, man, dude. I think I would have put up two hundred on, but you know, have fun. <laughs> you got any yeah. thoughts on this game? It was a Krieger bowl. I mean, I I just remember looking at the matchups, and I liked Lang better. I mean, I think my game of the week prediction so far has shown that I'm a little bit better than you guys in looking into those type of things. Um. Lang's train also really escalated him chances to win. I mean, obviously with Chase going down, that that hurts. But I guess he did just get the best player in fantasy moving forward. So I'll keep that in mind for if he's in the game of the week again. Yeah, alluding Here. to your stats that you talked about, uh, I finally won a game picking Lang. Now I was just riding Zach's pick, but I'm one in five. Booby falls to two and four after picking himself, and Zach is still undefeated. So. Later on in the episode, if Zach's the one picking your team, you got to feel pretty damn good about your team winning this next week. So our worst game of the week was, I'm sorry, our best game of the week, though, was the House of Lamb, Joel versus Titan University, Nick. Um, It was one of the lower scoring ones. However, it was close. It was 99 to 87 in Joel's favor. Juju Smith-Schuster finally puts up a big game. A big game. Travis Etienne's looking like a RB1 here to finish off the year. But, like, Joel's defense did phenomenal for him and kind of carried him along the way to this win. Nick probably loved it, too. It was just a good old-fashioned Big Ten football game, though. You know, <laughs> he liked it. There's you no know. way yeah. Nick has enjoyed any week this year. <laughs> you know, if I'm Nick, though, I would just love that I held on to Etienne and just seen him grow up. True. Like, because it's basically his rookie year. I mean, the whole Zeke getting the touchdown thing made me want to vomit, but he got hurt, so I'm happy about it. Like, seeing Tony Pollard get tackled at the one-yard line multiple weeks in a row now is hurt. It's hurt a lot. So I'm looking forward to Zeke being out this coming week. Yeah, I'll have to say I lost that trade with with uh, Nick. Even though it is Zeke, Kyle Pitts has been god-awful. Yeah. <laughs> It sucks. I bet on his over receiving yards for the season. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of that like game, he's not hitting. He's not hitting it. Speaking of that game, uh, I played Reed. Reed ended up beating me one fourteen to one hundred one. I mean, Austin Eckler went full dad mode, but it just wasn't even enough. Um, Thirty six point seven points. Chris Olave has been solid all year at seventeen. Aaron Jones though. 
for him at 28 and Mike Williams ends up with 21. And that's kind of what propelled him to this win. Um, I had a guy with zero in my lineup, which sucked. And just some other bad things. I didn't have a good lineup out there because Josh Allen was out this game, which is essentially 30 points a game that you're so that really hurt me going into this week and I was pretty confident but you know read your team put up a few more points than mine so that's where I'm at thoughts on yeah, reading at all I'm just I'm just looking at this matchup and I see Matt Ryan as your third highest scoring player under 10 points <laughs> yeah that's what happens when you have a Bad week, and Matt Ryan is now currently benched for someone else after he put up 36 in fantasy the week before. So I don't know. Did, did you say your trade with Lang was Olave and Eckler? No, it was uh, Alan Rodgers. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if I got Olave, I would have, I would have laughed. Laughed in his face. Yeah. Digs, Digs and Olave. I like it. That's a good receiving core. Yeah. It, it's, it's all right. I mean, I think Chris Olave is pretty good. I'm pretty sure he's better than um, Montgomery with the Bears, as Berg seems to think he's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, he really tried flirting with me really hard this weekend or this Monday to get, or I tried to trade him Chris Olave for one of his backs, but he wouldn't budge on any of them except for Montgomery and tried to tell me how great he was. Classic. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely the only bear you'd want. But their offense is just so stagnant. Like you just you just hate to have a Bears player in your lineup every week. I mean, not for Olave though, right? Like in all seriousness, Chris Olave for David Montgomery. Would you do that? No, I would never I would never do that. I mean, Olave is top ten in receiving yards. God, yeah. And like Zeb was said, dude, I mean, just any anyone on the Bears offense, like that floor is so gross and like your ceiling is I feel like pretty low too. Why would you want that? Yeah, so it wasn't fun, but yeah. we'll see how this week goes. Um, we have the Golden Stallions getting a win over the Hot Dukies. Golden Stallions, Jordan, 143. Hot Dukies, Levi, 94. Eno Benjamin, top scorer for Golden Stallions. Bet you thought you'd never say that. What a bomb team, bro. The, the Cardinals, you're saying? No. Golden Stallions. <laughs> Why do you say that? Trash. <laughs> I, I dropped Mostert week one. Thought I'd add that. <laughs> All right. So I think I was talking to Lang about this before the podcast. Um, fast forwarding past this week, even though it's what we're talking about. Him calling the Golden Stallions a bum team. No, I like, I the, move. Had, I like the move. Yeah, the Devontae Adams move was so crucial. Like it's the, just yeah. I just think it's funny seeing his flex with James Conner and Najee Harris, just two names that you'd expect things out of, and you're probably not going to get any. I was just but, looking at the Taylor Heineke and the, yeah, you know, Benjamin Raheem Mostert carrying him. No way. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. But that's I mean, But, no, I really like the movie he did back. You look at his flexes, you know, this week, and then you look at Lang's, and Lang's got Craig Dolchich in there, so <laughs> – well, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not back at Lang's flex up at all. Hey, man. Hey, oh, man. don't. Well, dude, okay, so obviously everyone knows now I'm getting Eckler. He's on bye this week. So that's why you see Diggs on my bench and why London's on my bench is, yeah, I kind of, you know, foreshadow that move. I want to see what the roster would look like, so that's why it looks like that. Go look at my flex right now. What I'm running out there. 
Go look at my running backs right now. Yeah, I mean, Lang starting a tight end on the Broncos and his flex. I mean, that's really disgusting. Even though he's been good I, since he just came, yeah, came back from injury. Sure. He's been pretty solid. Sure. Sure. He had two good games. Russell Wilson's working on a plane going to London. It's going to be ugly. He's at it, dude. What you mean? It's dedication. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be an ugly watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lang, he's at it. Pick him up. Pick up Russell Wilson off the waiver wire. Do you won't. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Liam gets a big win over the Piss Puppies and Verts 162 to 104. You know, I texted Liam. I was like, must feel good that D-Hop's doing well. And looks like the rest of his team is too. He's on the right trajectory, even considering the trade he just made. is going to make him, obviously, a huge threat to win the league. But my bet is he'll probably mess up and forget to start somebody. So He's just going to hang that over his head just forever, man. I do want – I'll just say this. I did say, like, around week two or week, week three of this podcast that, like, down the road – when we look at Liam's team, like it could be like really good because Saquon was like nuts from the beginning. And I was like, look out for Liam. Like Damian Pierce is good. He turned Damian Pierce into Joe Mixon. Like Joe Mixon was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Right, Lang? Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm pretty like, sure Zach said that as well. Yeah, I was going to say when Bird came on, we talked about the best teams. I was the only one that said Jones. Yeah, he just wasn't at that. He didn't have D-Hop back yet, and D-Hop was a little disappointing last year, I'll be honest, but week one, he was – he or not week one, but what his first week this year, he looked great, so. We'll say after the amount of slander he's taken in the first few weeks and at the draft, you know, what more could you ask out of the guy? He's battled, and now he's sitting at four and three. Back. Respect. Zabble, you lose to Ty Royal Smoochie Wallace. He must have flirted with you a little too much and got the dub over you this weekend. 131 for Adam, 108 for you, Zach. What happened? Uh, Mark Andrews was only rushing, not receiving. It was probably the ugliest thing I've seen in a long time from one of my top players. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, people came up, didn't show. Dropped a goose egg with James Robinson. Even though he was in at the one-yard line, I saw Trevor Lawrence do two back-to-back quarterback sneak attempts. And just like the Tony Pollard situation, it was pretty gross. And, yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh held Tyreek to 72 yards when I'm used to getting over 100. So, got to take the hat off to Bird. You know, my team didn't perform, and his did. That's really what it comes down to. Josh Jacobs again, man. 36 and a half. He uh, is. That's that's a player that Bird could turn into multiple starters. He fell so far in our draft; it was disgusting, and I wasn't able to get him when he came when I came back around on the board. But literally, he fell so far that I had to get up out of my seat and I had to go to the draft board and all the draft names, and I had to look to see if he was actually still on the sheets. Cause I couldn't believe how far he fell. And I was like, yeah, I don't love Josh Jacobs, but like, I'm going to take him here. I mean, it was like the sixth or seventh round. It was crazy. Yep, value and, then, and then I talked to Berg early in the year. Cause he wanted to offload a running back for a wide receiver. And I'm like, I don't like Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery. And Josh Jacobs has three straight 30 point fantasy games. <laughs> Jeez, boy. Fantasy football. 
I mean, he didn't do well last year, so I think that's why he kind of fell a little bit, or he was very, very inconsistent. But you ride that train as long as you can, Ty Royal. So give you props for that one. Oh, yeah, and he's getting Swift back. Who he yeah, plays is back to you over there. Again. Yeah, he has Jacob Swift and Kamara. With Kamara and trade rumors. That's crazy. But yeah, so that was our week seven recap of the Boom Goes the Dynamite League. Um, just to update you, we have got Boobies at five and two, the Finches are at five and two, and Verts is at five and two in our division. And then the other side, Zabo is five and two. And those are your leaders. Um, towards the end of the pact, we do have Nick, who is one and six, myself, who's two and five. Golden Stallions are two and five, and Ty Royal Smoochie Wallace is two and five. So we will take and update you on those teams later on in next week's podcast. But we're going to roll into league beef. And we had a situation where Matthew Verts decided to pick up an extra player and not drop him right away. And the way this is set up is we couldn't get rid of two bench spots because we added them because of COVID the previous year. But we already had one infraction from Reed, and we'll get into that. But Vert's infraction, it happened, and then he told me he fell asleep because he couldn't drop someone. That's That was his reasoning, and I said, it's pretty simple, man. You pick somebody up, and you got to drop him right away. That's he just- also said he dropped him, or he fell asleep during the London game, which there was not a London game. Yes. Yeah. That feels getting- very important to add. Yeah, it seems tad fishy, you know. And then yeah. that player turns into the starting back for the team that just traded away their starting running back. Pretty exactly. Crazy, huh? That's yeah. That's I feel like the main. Who's been on my bench yeah. for over half the season mm-hmm. that I dropped because of bye weeks. Yeah, and that is just what happened. And the situation was he had a 15 point reduction for the following week. So this happened, for example, let's say it happened week two. He didn't get the deduction until week three, which. The league kind of thought was fair in itself, but he brought up a point that he wanted me to bring on here. His request was if Reed got the 15 point production this, or if I got the 15 point deduction this week, why didn't Reed get his the following week? And this is because the week after he broke the rule, this was Reed. He ended up beating Levi by seven points. So essentially that would have made him lose that week. What do we think? I hear you. Well, Verts was had to, uh, it was a lot about the faith of the move. Not that like we're ever going to know whether he's telling the truth or not. I hope he's telling the truth that it was a God honest mistake. And obviously like the lying part about the London and not like not realize like, and then not saying anything after kickoff at noon and having to be told about it and then trying to get out of the punishment, all that, like, Reed texted Jordan at noon. Like, there are receipts. Like, he texted him at noon. He said, Jordan, I fucked up, and I have this extra player. And we (laughs) said rules are rules. Like, you're getting deducted 15 points. Because of how long this is extended out with Vertz's and not dropping him, and now him having that deduction the next week, I thought that that was only fair 
in those regards, like given all the situations and circumstances brought in. Zabo? I mean, it's it's just, I don't know, it's kind of ridiculous that we're still talking about this. I mean, you drop, you drop, you pick up a player, you drop a player. It's just, it's not hard. That's simple. That's yeah, simple. Yeah, like, honestly, it's like, how is this a fucking thing? Like, I get that it shouldn't be a thing in the first place because the fucking league settings are just whack because we don't, yeah, we yeah. have more roster spots. But it's like, dude, we're fucking playing for a lot of money here. Like, figure your shit out. Like, it, it, like we shouldn't even be arguing about this. Like, fucking do your job. Be a manager. Like, you want to fucking criticize Liam for being a bad manager. I don't see him out here fucking doing this shit. So, I don't know. Just, if it happens again, like, I, I will be fucking mind blown. Yeah, no, I agree with you. People give Liam a lot of shit, but, like, he's not out here doing that. And I just, yeah, he asked me what my thoughts were on it. I was just like, dude, I don't get how you don't just, like, pick someone up and drop them. Like, honest mistake or not. When you pick someone up, like me, I just like go and check my bench to make sure there's enough guys, and then if it's over, I drop someone. Like it's it's within a minute. Like let's go look at let's go look at Nick's team right now because he like technically we could get stingy on him if he fucking didn't drop somebody from our trade because he'd be over the limit. And look at that, he dropped a guy right away, right after the trade, even though that it he had to probably manually do it instead of in years past if you made a trade over your limit of team, but like technically you're not because our roster spots are bigger, you would be forced to drop somebody. But no, he dropped Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so if he can do that in seconds within starting someone on Thursday night and dropping them, I don't think there's much of a debate there. Exactly. Good shit, Nick. He dropped him at 7.15. That's incredible. That's what time the game started. That's nuts. All in all, Verts told me he was losing sleep over this. So this obviously was a big coot and cabuttle to him. And I'm sure we'll hear about it um, after this episode comes out. Um, I guess Liam's looking like a good manager of the year candidate after Jamar Chase's injury, after I gave him a whole lot of shit for the trade. Now, can't speak for trades, or I'm sorry, injuries or not. But based on the two-week performance, Lang still won the trade. But, you know, he did make that trade. It's looking good for Liam. He's got a real solid chance to win the league this year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Real solid. And lastly, I think we've kind of touched on this just briefly, but, like, you know, it was brought up in the beginning, and especially when Adam was on the podcast, just his way with words, and he's been – joking around or we've joked about him trying to butter up people for trades and help them see the value in it. And so I was trying to trade Chris Olave to everybody because I knew I needed a running back and I needed this because I knew the trade I had going on with um, Lang. So I'm just trying to get stuff from him. And the things you send to me about Montgomery, like we talked about, were just kind of like absurd. Like, to, to say that Khalil Herbert wasn't even of any sort of a factor in that Bears offense, <laughs> who's god-awful, first of all, to say he's basically a non-factor and that I should be grateful for him giving me Montgomery for Olave was just absurd. You have the ESPN app, bro. You can just go, what? So I know. And, I mean, so that's it. and Herbert's currently averaging more points a game. And he's like, oh, that's just because David Montgomery was out that one game. He still gets 12 to 15 carries a game just like Montgomery. So to say he's a clear cutback, I don't know if it's so clear. But just wanted to bring that up that, you know, Adam's over here trying to flirt with people and butter him up still. So we're just going to let it be known to everybody. 
Our game of the week this week. Our game of the week this week is between two five and two teams, um, Zabo and Verts. And understandably, some of these people have been in the game of the week conversation a lot. Um, but it's just where they're falling in terms of their record and players they got in their team. So this one, both teams have been good, but in recent history have kind of faltered a little bit. And Zabo's on top of his division while Verts is tied for first in his. So this is a pretty good game to look forward to in terms of playoff seedings and things like that. So that's why we went with this one for the game of the week. Look, I got I got Verts this week and the last week of the regular season. I'm thinking I'm going two and zero against them. Pretty uh, sexy uh, quarterback matchup you guys got going on here. What is it? Kirk Cousins and Handy Dalton. Oh man, the Red Rifle. Yeah. So, Lang, what you got? I think I'm gonna take Zabo this week. I know there's questions about Debo. I think this week. Um. Yeah. So I'll go Zabo. Scott. I'm, going, I'm going Zabo. I mean, Debo's projected to be out. Like, he's yeah. projected zero points. I mean, yeah. like, all he's got projected, the only player he has, I guess, he's got you, I mean, it's not that bad. I mean. You got Hill and Henry, though. See, I don't First want to play this. Just Zabo, like, I, I'll, I'll explain my reasoning of why I'm taking Zabo. I don't think I've really uh, went into it, but. Why Zabo, is it Zabo doesn't really have an issue with bye weeks other than Mahomes, and I feel like Dalton will be fine against Las Vegas, who's been the worst against quarterbacks this year. So I don't really know about Vegas, considering my game of the week record, and just whatever I decide usually goes the opposite way. So I'm going to put my money on Bertsy. Um, I think Booby Sanders and Nick Chubb are going to be the ones to get a dump for him this week. Other thoughts on the game of the week? Don't have a lot. We'll see what happens. It's no, it's a mantra. Yeah, Bert's like will say. Injuries, bye weeks, and some gross names in there. You got to love it. Bert's, I will say, though, you kind of scapegoated this week of the podcast. Not a whole lot of slander thrown your way for the first time in about three or four episodes, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, no, he's five and two. There's no need for it. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 10, a trade-filled episode, hence why it's called This League. You never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to get traded, when it's going to get traded, and all the above. So hopefully those of you listening to this, this was the first kind of trade broken over the podcast without anybody knowing. Um, So I thought that was pretty cool, regardless of who was involved. But names got moved this week and even last week a little bit. So we're about to start the second half of the season and who knows what can happen. Technically, um, aren't they going to know before this? Well, I guess the podcast will be out, but like, are you guys going to accept this trade like right after this podcast then? Or like, what do you think? Should I send it through and do you think they'll notice? I was going to text Jordan to either just send them this with a swap or let him know that this is going to be happening and then just switch it tomorrow night. Do so I, the, yeah, the people uh, that listen. Do I just yeah, but uh, yeah, right. good podcast. Hopefully I uh, feel better next week. All right, fellas, we'll see you later. Peace.
here is out of sight. They don't bother. 